The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Friday fun day, Friday, May 15th. We're back for a Friday episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Everything and anything you want. Contact center, call center, customer care related. Co-host Neil Toff along with my stellar co-host, <laughs> Paul Catherall. Paul, give us a shout out. How are you? I'm very well, Neil. How, how are you, man? Have you, have you had a good week? Had a busy week? You, busy have you hung in there? Week. Healthy week, blessed week, good, grateful week. Good. Uh, yeah, it's been a good week. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Same here. Same here. And Neil, before we kick off, mate, I'd just like to give a shout out to our listeners. You realize we're now nearly 600 downloads. I think that's amazing. So guys out there, thank you very, very much for listening to Neil and, and myself, Wax Lyrical. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, audience. Please give us feedback. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you want to talk about. Tell us you want to come on and be a guest with us. We'd love yeah, to that'd be you. great. Yes. Let, Paul, let's get right into it. So we were talking about uh, something that you and I have talked offline about that now we want to bring online. Yeah. Uh, I would call it the chicken or the egg conversation, which comes first, <laughs> and it is training or QA or QA or training. The creative tension between those two critical areas in our operations. Absolutely. So, Neil, in my opinion, you are one of, if not the most um, most passionate, most thought leaders when it comes to the QA world and the training world. Um, you far outstretch my capabilities when it comes to this area. So what I'd like to do, mate, if it's all right, is just kind of get your impression, your thoughts on QA training, how do they work best? What have you seen? What models have you seen? Um, how do you close the operations gap between QA and training? Is it ever, a, a QA? Will QA ever be seen as something that isn't a secret police? Will they ever be seen as a true shared, I guess, shared services to get the most for our customers, whether that's internal or external? And how do you see? training in that whole mix and i guess ultimately should training and qa be seen as one section one department or should they split there's there's a multitude of questions in there my, my friends but and, uh, and there's certainly a multitude of answers in there because the, the, this is such a rich topic or set of topics um and, and thank you for that i, I gotta admit i have not cracked the code on this one in our organization <laughs> we've we've iterated we've had uh, training as a separate department, QA is another separate department. In our particular organization, in case we have one leader who is in charge of both areas, okay. um, it, it's working because the leader is pretty strong. He's, he's a good guy and smart and capable, but they are definitely two uh, distinct areas that obviously have distinct roles, distinct tools. Um, I was going to say distinct missions, but you know it's all sort of the same mission, but 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 they have different objectives, so to speak. So let's yeah. talk about training. You know, training is let's call it the the first chronologically that that when a, a a person comes into the organization, they go through the training department. They're 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 taught different things. They're taught about stuff about our company, and they're taught about the particular program they're going to work on. They're going to learn product knowledge, product or service knowledge. They're going to learn things about how to use the system. They're going to learn. Um, about the KPIs and objectives of the program. They'll learn about brand voice. Um, 
and some other standard, you know, kind of contact center stuff that they should know or that they need to be taught, you know, how to deal with difficult customers, how to uh, add, hopefully how to active, actively listen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Training is because it's that critical first step. It's often the one that gets the heck beaten out of it when stuff hits the fan, right? Yeah, so it's real easy to point the finger back to the training guy and say, ah, you didn't train the team well enough and <laughs> you didn't onboard them well enough. And look at these idiots, you know, why do they say this? And, and it's it's a very obvious target. And I got to admit, I've, I've certainly fallen into that trap of finger pointing and, and, and getting upset at the QA guy, I mean, at the training guy and saying, you know, this starts with you, it ends with you. And, you know, those famous <laughs> catchphrases and, you know, stuff to piss people off. But, 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 but I do think there's some truth to it. It does. It starts today with training, by the way. We all know that training is not a one-time thing. It's not a first-time thing. It's an ongoing activity. It's a never-ending activity. So it's, it's obviously mission critical. We know that training, you know, has to have certain tools. Um, as I probably talked about before, the old days of classroom training of bringing the, 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 the agents into the, the, the training room and throwing up a PowerPoint on the, you know, on the, the overhead on the, the wall in front of you or on the screen or something like that. Like those days are over. Nobody cares about that, especially in our, our world where the training, the agent population is skews younger. And uh, we got to, we, we, we got to get our hands around that. So tools for us, there's a distinct set of tools that we're migrating quickly towards e-learning, mm-hmm. making training interactive, more video, audio, far less PowerPoint and training on demand, meaning we can have it at the agent desktop. We can have it nice. in a break room. We can have it wherever we need. Maybe if they need to have them at home, especially in this work from home environment, that's training. And then I think, you know, QA is a whole separate thing, separate tools. I've talked about speech analytics and, and those kinds of things, but QA is certainly important. Here's the kicker for me. And I was part of, the, of, of this conversation on this is training gets the people ready. QA gives the feedback of what's going on. But yeah. once the feedback is identifies challenges, problems, issues, things to work on, who whose job is it to deliver that next set of coaching and 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 feedback? Is it QA's job? Who does the coaching? We have a thing called coach. We have a thing called coaches. We have a thing called trainers. Yeah, and I got to tell you, my own organization, I'm a little confused on it around the job description. Whose job is it to do what? And I haven't exactly cracked the code. We have people with job titles. And ultimately, the, the work gets done, but I couldn't tell you clearly in an org chart what group is doing what because there is some blur between QA and training around actually doing the coaching and follow-up and feedback uh, once we have the data of where the weak points are. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense, mate. I, I think you're great. That's what I mean. I love these conversations with you because you're just that fountain of knowledge. Um, kind of to put a bow on it, mate, um, how do you what steps have you taken or what have you seen that's helped take QA out of its kind of QA bubble and more into being part of the operations? Because ultimately the shared services such as QA and training are there to support the operations, right? And, you know, I've seen some really bad examples of QA seen as a secret police, you know, sitting separately in the operations floor or maybe two or three flights of stairs higher up than operations and never the twain shall meet. So I was just wondering, mate, what all, yeah, what have you seen that's worked to integrate QA into operations and then not seen as kind of this secret police, if you will? This is such a great question. So this, this also answers the question of why are metrics dangerous? So we start with the basis of, okay, you've got to define what the metrics are and what the definitions are. And you tell the QA department, you know, I need you to listen to X percent of yes. calls or, or read 
and, and monitor X percent of chats and emails and things like that, you know, by such and such time and a certain percentage of agents within this period of time and things like that. And that's, that's the typical approach to QA. Okay. Wonderful. But the real question is, are you moving the needle? Is performance yes. getting better? Are yeah. the performance KPIs being impacted? So if it's a sales organization, just for example, are the sales conversions on target are better? Or is the average ticket better? Are the renewals better? You know, in a care environment, are you achieving FCR? Is CSAT where it needs to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Once you create and apply the same operational goals to the QA department and make the goals the same for all the team, that's when you get start to get people moving in the same direction because we had the same problem for years of people, our QA team would come back and say, yeah, but I, you told me I needed to, 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 to QA 3% of the volume and here's the 3% of the volume. And they didn't break it down by disposition type or, uh, or CSAT scores or anything like that. Right. Or challenges. They just said, here's the 3%. You told me what it, it became a rubber stamp, rubber stamp like factory that. mentality. And we realized that that is the most morally bankrupt approach imaginable that. and that's when we had to change it and clean up our act excellent excellent so listen we've done nearly 10 minutes talk about qa and training honestly i could i could spend forever talking on with you on this subject but let's kind of put a bow in it now mate so have you got any heroes or any people you want to call out from from last week or this week anybody that's really stood out for you I do appreciate the the ask here. There are three people that I have in mind for some really cool stuff that was done this week. Uh, I on, had a chance to interact with the call center doctor. I don't know if it's call center or contact center, but the CC doctor, Dr. Okay. Deborah Benson on an ICMI chat earlier this weekend. We kind of jammed around things like adherence, um, productivity, and all the things that are critical to workforce management and workforce optimization. By the way, the doctor is a an expert of the people that I know probably it seems like the foremost expert on things like really true workforce management. Uh, I'm wow. calling her out. The doc, Deborah Benson. She, she has some really cool stuff to say in a, in a Twitter chat this week. Uh, I'm going to call it Nick Glimsdahl. Um, doll. I learned that it, 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 you're supposed to pronounce it as Dolly Parton. Glimsdahl. And that's, that was how he taught me how to pronounce it correctly. I had a great uh, uh, earlier uh, podcast session with him this week. He's also doing a podcast. Excellent. It's a really smart guy. And then I'm going to call out Courtney Klein on my team. She has some really cool stuff uh, in her personal life that she accomplished this week and some goals that she set out. And uh, I'm very proud of her. And I told her that. And, and uh, I hope she'll have a chance to listen to that because she's uh, doing some really cool stuff. How about you? Tell us about you. Uh, I talk way too much this session. Tell us what's going on in your world. Tell us the people, people and companies you're proud of. I've, I've loved it, right? I just think you're a wealth of, of knowledge, particularly in this area. Not just this area. You've got a great understanding. But there's something that I... that that struck for me seems to strike you in training a chord with yourself. So for me, there's a couple of people that I want to call out. Um, I feel a little bit overwhelmed by calling out this first person because he's, he's a, he's definitely a leader when it comes to customer experience. Um, his, his name, just let me make sure I get that right now. Um, I think it's Skep. Is that right, Neil? Skep Hyken? Shep. Shep. Shep Hyken. Shep, I think, is how is how, how he pronounces it. Shep Hyken, yeah. Shep Hyken. He's great. He's, I follow him on Twitter. We had a bit of banter this week. And I think he's got um, he's doing, a, a, I don't know if it's a talk or something over the next coming weeks. So check that guy out on Twitter and see if he can get on that on, and, and attend that webinar or whatever it is. Yeah, highly recommended. In terms of companies, I would like to call out um, 
American Airlines, um, they've actually responded to my Twitter, or our Twitter, I should say, which fills me with joy. Um, and the same for AT&T, who actually went out of their way and retweeted our tweet as well. So I, th- I think that's great. Um, and more or less along the same lines of you, I've had a person in my team go by the name of Leah. Leah's been absolutely outstanding for me for the last couple of weeks, and um, sometimes they don't get the recognition they deserve. So, yeah, Leah Morales, if you're listening, thank you very much for all the hard work you do. Sensational. It's important to call, call the people out and recognize them. I think it's uh, absolutely keeps, keeps people engaged. And the companies like it too, by the way. We know that we know that companies enjoy having their, seeing their name in, in, in shining lights and on the marquee as well. So uh, it's, it's, important, it's important work. This wraps it up for Friday, May 15th session. Fireside Chats Without the Fire, Neil talking Paul Casual. As always, it's an incredible pleasure to get to Brilliant, right? sit and chat it. with Paul. We've, we've got some great stuff to continue to look forward to. Those that are listening, those that are liking, those that are following, those that are tweeting, those that are retweeting, thank you very much to you guys and gals. We love it. Keep it coming. Thank you, guys. Cheers, Neil. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.